Okay. Perak Shmini. Perakhes, that's chapter eight. Now we are basically we're we're running on a running on of our trajectory. We've we've discussed the Klippers Noga in quite, you know, in, in at least semi-detail. Um, now it's time to discuss the Gimel Klippers Timaeus. This is probably the scariest peric of Tanya. This is the peric in Tanya where he talks about the different Oinshim that come from doing bad stuff. So we will talk about that, but but it's um as always, the Alter Rebbe is he's like he's super positive, like just super positive. You'll see like throughout the Sefer how positive he is. And even in context of telling you about Gehenna, he's still mummish like big smiles and super positive. So um the words that we use in Hebrew for forbidden and permissible are mutter and asa. Mutter means it's mutter, it's permissible, and asa means it's forbidden. But as we know, the word mutter actually means untied. Like we say matir asurim. Yeah, so matir means to untie or to be untied. And asur means to be bound up or tied. So this is really what these two terms are alluding to. When something is mutter, it means it's untied. That's referred to as klipas noiga. And like Yol said, that can go up or down. It's untied, so you can do what you want with it. You want to make it holy, make it holy. You want to make it not, that, that's up to you, whatever you want. Yeah, it's dependent on you. Okay, because it's untied. Something that's usa is tied. You can't do anything with that. When it's usa, it means it's tied. It's bound. Where is it tied to? It's tied, bound into the Gimel Klippus of Timaeus. And you can't do anything with that. And that also, by the way, includes any Issa Bonan as well. The rabbis, Chazal, and not just Chazal, the, the rabbis of our generation, when your rabbi, Puskins, that is Asa to, I don't know, um, blow dust off a book on Shabbos, okay, which some people do. That if he uh, if your rabbi says that's asa, then that act has fallen into the gimel klipas tamers for you. Maybe not for me. Maybe I can blow dust off my book on Shabbos. But but that's that that so that that koyach has been given to the rav, yeah, to chazal, but also even to the rav of each generation. To every every rav has the koyach of psak. He has the ability to mamash bind something. To the Gimel Klippus of Timaeus. Okay. Um, now, it's important to remember. So now the question comes. We spoke about this last week. Yeah, that when a guy is involved in an act that's forbidden, then he gets dragged down, and the act stays where it is, and um, the, the the food or the energy, or all, all that stuff, it all stays down in Klippus Timaeus. What about if a guy? eats a piece of trafe meat and he didn't know it was trafe. He thought it was mamash mahadrin, mahadrin in a mahadrin, yeah? And not only that, he's a big tzaddik. So he thought the meat was kosher and he ate it with an in, with, with, with a ruchnius dikka, um, um, mitzvah dikka, um, matara, like um, intention. 
And he actually went out after he ingested that food and he governed and he uh, and he learned with the energy from that food. What happens to that energy from that food? So there was no self. Believe you revealed the. Uh... The what? There was no, there was no, um, there was no selfishness involved at all in this act. It was completely altruistic. It was actually very holy. Still, it doesn't go up. The energy cannot become enclosed in the words of the Torah and Tefillah, and it can't go up. It doesn't go up. Now, does he get corrupted? Now, I'm not so sure. He definitely gets somewhat corrupted, but. Lemaisa, does he get? Is there something good that comes from it? The fact that I mean, it's what? What would we say? Would we say that it makes no difference that he ate pork and then he went and served a shem with the energy, or he ate pork and then sat and had a milkshake and didn't care? I mean, I would imagine the first option is better. But the point, I don't, I don't know how it works. I don't know exactly how it works at all. But but the point is what, what the Rebbe is saying here is the energy does not become enclosed in the Torah and Tefillah, and it doesn't go up. That energy is incompatible with words of Torah and Tefillah. But this is a really important point. The Chiddush is not that the Gimel clip, this is really, really, really harsh of this bit. The, 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 the Chiddush is not that the, the energy from the Gimel Klipp's Timaeus is incompatible with Kedusha. The Chiddush is that energy from Klippus Noga is, yes, compatible with Kedusha. That's the Chiddush. The fact that the Umoisa Oilam are unable to do something ultimately selfless is not a chiddush. That's the status quo. The chiddush is that Yisrael is able to do something utterly lishma. That's the chiddush. This is such an important point to get. It's not that we're being Magana, the the umos oilam. It's we're talking about a nace within teva. The reason why Yisrael can do something mamish lishma is because the part of them that does it nishma is not a nivra. It wasn't created. You with me? It's an important, it's an important um, re uh, reframe that the, the natural world should be utterly incompatible with godliness. The fact that there's an element within the natural world that can be and is compatible with the Rabboni Shloylam, with, with, with infinity. We, we can't, you can't even call Hashem infinity. That's not true. He's, he's infinite and finite at the same time. He's, he's God. He's the non-created. He's reality. He's truth, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, but, but the fact that, let's just, with, in concession to our perspective, the fact that infinity, that, fin, that finity, and infinity can stim with each other, that's the pillar. There should be an infinite separation between finity and infinity, between, between the Bria and the Boire. But the Boire, in his infinite wisdom and an utter infinite kindness, 
didn't make it like that. He made it much cooler than any of any of us would have thought to have made it. Okay, so now we've got to explain something. This is really uh, a really uh, really important idea. Is the concept of there's a concept in the Bria of everything um, is drawn back to its source. That's a principle at large in the Bria that Hashem put into the Bria, and that's demonstrated really most profoundly by the force of gravity. Whereas everything that has mass, which is of Earth, is drawn back to Mother Earth, where it came from. Fire, that the Rambam tells us, is sourced in what's called the Galgala Aish, which is some kind of heavenly sphere. It goes up again longing to return to its source so this is a this is like a a principle in reality that everything returns to everything has a is drawn back to its source what's the relevance of that to us very important that the nefesh bahamis of the umosa oilam which comes from the gimoklipus timaeus is drawn back to the Gil Klippus Timaeus. The Nefesh of Bahamis of Yisrael, which comes from Klippus Noiga, is drawn back to Klippus Noiga. Now this means, this is the practical, very, very practical takeaway from this, is that anything that you long for or do that is Osa is not native to you. It's foreign. Any taiva that you're involved in or any aveira that you're involved in that is mamash forbidden is not coming from you personally. You're not meant, actually, you're not meant to be contending with this. I mean, you are because you, like, but, but LP, your factory settings, LP, the nature of who you are as a Ben Yisrael, you should not be struggling with anything that's forbidden. What should you be struggling with? Being makadesh yourself with things that are mutter. That is the struggle of Israel. This is this is fundamental to understanding Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit is not about choosing between toiv and ra in the conventional understanding of ra when we say the word ra the word ra evil we in my mind immediately ted bundy yamashimo pops into my head or hitler stalin pol pot all, all these crazy nut people yeah that but that's not what we mean at all by ra that's not what we mean at all by it. our struggle is between Toiv and Ra, but but that's not what we mean by Ra Bichlal. We're not talking about malevolent, demonic, you know. Um can't think of another word. Evil. Yeah. We're talking about selfishness. So the the Jew by nature has no tithe for anything that's actually forbidden. The nature of the Jew in, in the way that he was created and his 
factory installed, you know, program, whatever, is that his struggle is in the world of the permissible. And this means this is really the this is the takeaway. To, you can summarize it like this: the the struggle of the goy is between animal and human. The struggle of the yid is between human and godly. We're not struggling to not be animals. We shouldn't be struggling to not be animals. I know we are in a lot of ways, okay? But we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But the real Jewish struggle, our real struggle, is between being human and being godly. Being human and being divine. Us being human is a failure. That's saying that's quite stark. But that's really what we're saying. If we if we end up as good human beings, we failed. Yeah. That's not what Yisrael is meant to be. That's what the Goyim are meant to be. The Goyim are meant to be good human beings. We are meant to be God incarnate in this world. That's what Am Yisrael is. Am Yisrael are, we are Koichav Yaakov. We are apertures for the Rabbeinu Shalom to flow into his world. That's it. A Jew becomes a good man, a good person, a good human. Okay, now he's now he's ready to begin being being Jewish. Everyone's with me. So this is really important because number one is what we just said. We've we've elevated our we've elevated our concept of of um, of our struggle from that of being an animal, we've, we've elevated the concept of our struggle from struggling not to be an animal to struggling not to be a human. Now, listen, listen to this. This is this is a very what the brokers we say in the morning, yeah. So you say Shalosani Goy, Shalosani Ovid, Shalosani Isha, yeah. The brokha before Shalosani Goy. Is a noise in the Laila. You realize what that book is really saying? In good and bad? Alarm clock. Alarm clock. We're really saying Shalom Sunny Bahama. But we would never say such a thing. That's what that brocha is. That's the Madrega before Shalosani Goy, Shalosani Oved, Shalosani Isha. But we would never say such a thing. That's why we didn't, that's why the Loshan isn't Shalosani Bahama. It's in a Loshan Naki. We don't even know, one knows even that we're saying such a thing. Because that's, that's the danger of thinking that our struggle is between being animal and human. The fact that we're struggling not to be. An animal is already a huge Yerida in our Madrega. That's not what we're struggling with. That's not what we should be struggling with. And if we are struggling with what's forbidden, then we should know that that's not that's not who we really are. Okay. Now, so we're getting to the next one. This is the this is the chizuk bit. Is that anything that you're struggling with, which is actually forbidden? which basically means we're not talking about eating correctly, even smoking weed, according to some poiskim is muta, 
like everyone says you shouldn't do it, but 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 it's not like it's not like eating hazir or it's not like going to zoners, you know, Asia's ish, those kinds of things for sure. So 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 um anything that we're doing that is actually mamash forbidden, that hopefully there isn't that much that any of us are doing that's mamash forbidden. That stuff is actually very easy to shed, even if it appears not to be. Why? Because it's not of us. It's external to us. Where does it come from? It comes from being in Gullus and having been around the Umwesa Oilam, who do have genuine tithers for things that come from the um, from the Gimel Klipas Timaeus. You with me? So now this is a this this analogy really kind of brings it home. So have I ever, have I said to anyone the sword analogy yet? Anyone heard the sword analogy? So this is really a special. Uh, it's a, a special uh, marshal. I heard from a man in a uh, man in Sfas one time, um, and I, I've kind of added to it a little bit, but it's, it's very special. Basically, the analogy goes like this: a guy finds a antique sword buried in the mud, yeah, and he digs it out. He's, he's holding this sword, but it's caked in mud. Like huge clods of mud stuck to the actual sword, yeah? So he takes out a rock and he bangs off those big hunks of mud. They come off very easily. And before you know it, you can see there's a sword. Before you could hardly see there was a sword. Now you can see there's a sword, yeah? So now he's got this really dirty sword. So he takes a wet cloth. And he starts cleaning off the dirt that's left from the clods of mud that's still stuck to the sword. This is quite a bit more work than the original action of just banging off the sods of mud. And the results that you see are not quite as dramatic. It's still pretty dramatic, but it's not as dramatic as like before there was like a big lump of mud. Now there's a sword. Now it's like, now there was like a really, really dirty sword. Now there's a sword that isn't quite as dirty. So the energy invested was more and the results were a little bit less. Now he's got this clean sword, but the the, the blade is, is actually stained. Yeah. So now he gets the, you know, the detergent, whatever you call it. The, um, the boiling water, the scowling pad, the Brillo pad, and he's there, you know, cleaning, 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 yeah? A lot of energy, a lot of energy. And now the difference, the results that you see are actually much less than either. It's exponentially, it exponentially decreases the results. You with me? So now this is the marshal. Yeah, everyone helps the marshal. Is that the things that are external to you, especially like in the beginning of tshuva, yeah, when a person decides that he wants to enter into a void of Hashem, yeah, you knock off those big hunks of mud relatively easy. 
easily and you see huge improvements in your in who you are yeah as you as you go fighter yeah the avoider gets more intense and the results become much less the level of scowling off the uh that's the level that we're involved in that's the level of the year that's the level that the yid is involved in meaning the two first levels of the mud, the sods of mud, and then the mud adjoined to the sword, that's all external stuff. That's what we were talking about just now. That's all external. The staining of the sword, that's the avoider of being makadish yourself with what's permissible. Like imagine being, being a tzaddik in the bedroom, like mamush. Yeah, that for most of us is something that we can't even imagine. Yeah. Or eating eating you know in the week exclusively for energy we couldn't imagine that that's so far from where we're holding right now you know and that's okay but but we need to be moving we need to be moving in all of these things yeah like not being a a complete slave and addict to our to our machines etc yeah th these these ideas of being makadish ourselves in what's muta is a lot of work it's very very hard it's really really hard as we know and the results are not particularly impressive. We, we, it's not, you know, the difference between eating like a mensch and not eating like a mensch, it's like, shall I swear, it's like different from stopping to visiting zoners. You know what I'm saying? It's a very big, it, it's not, okay, everyone's got the, everyone's got the marshal, yeah? Um, can I, would it be relevant to add one more point since you bring the marshal of a sword? Is there an aspect of then sharpening the sword oh. of finding it even more? <laughs> we're just you, we're just gonna say that the okay. fourth stage. Thank you. The fourth stage is sharpening the sword. Now, this is where everything becomes much more positive, because number one, you can't physically see the difference between a sharp sword and a blunt sword. Hardly, it's almost imperceivable. Yeah. But a sword is a sword is intended to be sharp. The whole point of a sword is that it's sharp. A sword that isn't sharp is of much less value than a sharp sword. So the goal is to have a sharp sword. But this is where the moshal breaks down beautifully. Is you know how difficult it is to sharpen a sword? It's really, really easy. In fact, it's even easier than knocking off the sods of mud in the first place. It's literally a couple of with the with the stone and it and it's sharp. That's alluding to the the attainment of the level of lishma. If we just work hard in the soiled, in the stained sword, it'd be makadish ourselves in what's muttered to us, assuming that we've already transcended what's forbidden to us. And now we're really working hard on trying to work out what's muttered to us and work that out, that that should be the Kedusha, the Tahara, without Taiva, without, without, um, without addiction, with, 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 with control, yeah? Then the next stage is just you reveal who you really are. That's the Yiddishkeit in you. And when you sharpen a sword, really the truth is that every blunt sword is 
contains within it a sharp sword. Because <laughs> all you do is you just get rid of a little bit of the sword. That's who we really are. That's who Yisrael is. The idea of achieving the madrega of Lishma is not, is not, it's not, it's not even right to talk about it like that. We're not trying to achieve that. Achieving the madrega of Lishma sounds like it's like this, this thing outside of us. That we are by our very nature, by our very nature of, of by our very uncreated divine nature, we are Lishma. That is what a Yisrael is. He is the, the being that exists in this world that can serve his creator absolutely selflessly. That's who we are. That's the very definition of what we are. How do we get there? By being Makadish ourselves with, what, with what's muttered to us. That's why Rav Manis, the way Rav Manis said it, the Ten Commandments, Hashem basically says, okay, look, don't take my name in vain, don't kill, don't do neof, don't lie, don't steal. Okay, finished, done. Now, let's get on with the real work, which is being Makadish ourselves in what's mutter. All of that stuff is like, that's not even, where, that's not, that's not who we are. If we are struggling with anything that's mamash forbidden, then we should take a lot of comfort in knowing that that's just not who we are. It's really not who we are. And as such, if we can reframe our mind, it will fall away very, very easily. Hashem. Okay. Um, so look, we're basically now in the in the uh, in the last section of the of the of the peric, where he talks about the different oinshim for different avayers. Okay, so I'm I'm going to say it quite quickly, but you'll hear the the uh, there's nowhere in Tanya. He mentions one little thing about Schar in Perak Lamad Bays as like a very side point. But when the Rebbe, when he gets to the chapters, like chapter 41 through to 50, is all about Ava and Yira. Yeah. He goes through, he spends about four prakim or three prakim on, on Yira Sashem. Yeah. He never mentions Yira Sa'oinesh once. Not even once. And that's good for us. What, what, what does that word mean? Yiris Oinish, fear of punishment. Oh, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. See, none of us have got any Yiris Oinish. None of us care. And Hashem did that. He took out of the world the concept of a melech. There's that, like, look at, I mean, the, in my mind, like, Donald Trump was like the closest thing to an emperor. I suppose Putin, even Putin doesn't have the power to like go, okay, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You, you, no one, that doesn't exist anymore. The postgames say that you can make a bracha on Putin. On who? Putin. On Putin. Because he does have the ability, the ability to do that. That's what they say. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think Rav Chaim, Rav Chaim said that, yeah. Oh, well, okay. So, but, but the fact that, you know, go back a couple of hundred years and, you know, go to downtown London a couple of hundred years ago, 
And like, you know, every Thursday and Monday, you would be Zoha to watch the most gruesome things. You know, they would be cutting people up and doing all kinds of crazy things in front of you. Like the whole concept of Hashem took it out of the world. Yus and Malchus has gone from the world. He did that because now, the benefit of the fact that none of us have years of Oynesh, which isn't, you know, it's not that beneficial in and of itself, but the real benefit of the fact that we don't have years of Oynesh is that we don't really care about schar. Years of Oynesh and Avas schar are two sides of the same coin. It's like, how much more can you tempt us? Like, how much more pleasure, like, like we've just seen it, especially, you know, coming from LA, like we've seen all the pleasures. We know what it's all about. How much more geschmack does the cake get, you know, or how much more fantastic will the holiday get or how much more, you know, how much faster does the car get? We've spoken about this over and over. We're not impressed anymore. We're, we, you, we've gone beyond Sar and Oynesh. And that's why the Rebbe doesn't speak. So, so the concept of Yerusha Oynesh it's interesting because we've got this question. If the Rebbe spends chapters and he goes through year, he goes through Yira very deeply. He talks about Yira Tatar, Yira Elah, um, Yira Chitzonius, Yira Pnimius, um, Yira's Boishes, Yira's, um, uh, Yira's Chait. He goes through all the Yiras, explains them clear, and he never mentions Yira's Oynesh. And then... All of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, because this is before that, he starts talking about Gehenem and Kafakela and, and, and all different kinds of Oynshim. So really what, what, what the Rebbe here is doing is not, not trying to scare you into being a good boy. He's showing you how the Oynshim are actually Tikkunim for the various Averas. Not only are they Tikkunim for the various Averas, the Oinshim are consequences of antikunim for the various Averas. That's the godless of our creator, one of the godlesses of our creator, is that when we do an Avera, the natural consequence is its Tikkun. So, for example, a guy talks divine Batalim. He talks Stuyot, yeah, when he could be talking Torah. The guy knows Torah and he's talking, uh, sorry, the guy, sorry, the guy doesn't know Torah. He's just talking Stuyot, yeah? So he gets this, he gets a an Oynesh called Kaffa Keller. Kaffa Keller is called the slingshot. They say it's being flipped from one side of the world to the other side of the world. I heard Roshay's Taub describe it amazingly. He said like this, Kaffa Keller is like, it's like, I'm using my own words and my own examples, but I got the idea from it, is that it's like you're standing in Shimona Esrei in a real Devekas Dicker concentrating uh, Matsev, and there's a guy next to you every now and again who just starts talking to the guy next to him, or he's on his, he's on his, on his telephone Skyping someone talking about the baseball. So you're in this deep devacus with the Rabbonishol and Mama's talking to him, genuinely, genuinely standing in his presence. And every few minutes, you got this guy, you just start hearing like, I can't think of any baseball teams, but the, the Lakers. That's Brooklyn Dodgers, Mickey Mantle. The Lakers, 
Is that baseball? Close enough. Close enough. Like 50 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So you've got. I'm sorry. I've got these. It's basketball. That's basketball. Okay. Okay. Whatever. So they, they you can be talking about basketball as well. Michael John. Ma, Michael Johnson. Is that Magic Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> Magic, <laughs> Magic Johnson and, and Michael oh. Jordan. <laughs> My Magic Jordan and Michael Johnson and yeah. Pippen. That's how long ago I was. So, so, so you're 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 in the middle of davening, and all of a sudden you start hearing these names of these guys thrown around. Yeah, that's Kafferkeller. That you're standing in the presence of the Boyne and this Stuyot that you were talking pulls you back. Amazing. That's that always means being thrown from one side of the world to the other side of the world. That's the, that's the, so now what about um um the the we spoke about this there's the the there's the the oynesh of what's called khibut akeva yeah which means like the beating in the grave for when we involved we indulged ourselves in permissible things for this for 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 our own purpose per, um uh, selfish satisfaction exactly for our own pleasure yeah so that means khibut akeva that means beating in the kever, meaning that as we indulge ourselves in our own pleasures, we fortify and solidify who we are. We should really, we should really strive to not care too much about our pleasures. That's really a good, a good avoider. I'm not, I'm not saying like you know, start living an aesthetic life. I'm, I'm but, but to not be muckpid when things don't go our way, and to not like I tell you the diff, you know there's a big difference of getting in your car and driving half an hour. Like if there's, if there's a chocolate bar in your cupboard, yeah. In the, uh, in the uh, pantry, there's one thing eating that. Yeah. There's another thing getting in your car at 12 o'clock at night and driving 20 minutes to a gas station to buy a chocolate bar. Yeah. The second guy that's called taking your, taking your pleasure very seriously. The guy who just pulled out a candy bar from the, from the, he, he loved after he's taken it so seriously. He's there, he ate it. It's not such a big deal. But getting in your car and doing a big avoider or that you can't get that cake because you need that special cake from that shop that's, you know, an extra 10 kilometers away, that's called being nuts. Yeah, and that's called, <laughs> that, that will solidify you more and more and more. And that kind of behavior, even though it might not be forbidden, will eventually lead to avayers and broken relationships and all kinds of bad stuff so it's it's worth the while of uh of, of sacrificing doing you know big paulas for your pleasure that is that is a good idea um and he goes on he speaks about when we speak when we speak when we when we say things that are actually ossa yeah then then um then we need gehenna which is a kind of deeper purging of whatever that's to do with heat. And then he explains that if we miss mitzvah's assay, then we get what's called a Gehenim Shel Sheleg, which is like a cold Gehenim, which again, it alludes to the fact that you're just, you're just cold. If you, if you're let, if you're not, if you're letting mitzvah's assay pass you by, then that's a cold kite. That's like, a, you know, when you get faced with your own cold kite, it fixes itself. The, the point is, there's a pasuk in Tehillim. We say it in uh, in Shabbos on the morning. It's in, in Lamad Lamad Dalad. It says, "Tamoises Russia Ra," that the Russia will die from his evil. The point of evil is that it eradicates itself. 
the kind of depression that we feel when we involve ourselves in ourselves, the more we indulge ourselves in ourselves, the darker the world becomes. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows it. Just people don't think there's. We don't have a a, a valid um, what's the word? Um, um, not opportunity. Uh, valid alternative. That's that's obvious. But the more we involve ourselves in ourselves, the more we become choshev to ourselves. We said this last week. We end up in what's called a sea of atzalmaves, like a barren and desert, a, a barren land. We should constantly be looking outwards, constantly working out how to help other people, how to give to our children. And the, by the way, the Ica relationship out of all relationships, the Ica, the Ica Chiv of Yahtarecha Kamoicha is to who? Your wife. 100%. And then your kids, and then uh, and then everybody else. But that that's the, uh, that's, um, this outward focus is um, is just the recipe to a healthy a healthy inner. Not that we're doing it for that reason, but it is it is the key to having a healthy and happy inner world. It really is. The more we focus on ourselves, the darker the world becomes. The less we focus on ourselves, the happier and lighter it all becomes. It's like it's like when you when you're looking when you've got your own project, yeah, your own company, yeah, and you're like you're you're uh, what's the word? You're testing new waters, and you wanna you wanna get your product to a new place. Let's say you're going to Nigeria, yeah, and you wanna you wanna uh, monopolize Nigeria with your new drink that you've created. So you go over there. And it's all about you. And when things don't work out, yeah, it's 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 really depressing and really difficult to deal with. But what about when you've been sent by the boss of the business and things don't work out? It's not your business. You're going to get paid nevertheless. You feel bad for your boss but you're not taking it personally. You're on a shlichus. You're not taking it personally. So you feel bad for your boss. But the difference between that analogy and our voider here is that when things don't work out, Hashem is actually doing it. It's like the boss who sabotages the whole thing for you. So then you can really let go and you can really be at peace. If you're not the center of your world and things don't work out, then you're like, well, look, you obviously want it like this, and it's for you anyway. So look, I'm, you know, I'm I'm just gonna keep on plugging on. I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna curl up in a ball and cry. Just keep going. This is this is all about you. This is your project. It's got nothing to do with me. This is your project. I'm just here to try and help. If you if you if you if you're telling me right now that you don't want this to happen for whatever reason, okay, I, that, you know, I'm gonna keep doing my thing. That's the guy I'm kicking the sucker. Bid you, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay. So the Rebbe finishes uh, finishes off on learning Chochmas Chitzonius, Chochmas Umosa Oilam. Yeah, uh, secular wisdom. 
which includes all the sciences, medicine, philosophy, architecture, everything. Mutter or Asa? Uh, one would think mutter. Are we allowed to learn secular wisdom? If you're yes. able to be Makadashit, I mean, um, doesn't the yeah. Rambam doesn't Rambam quote tons of secular? I'm not, it's, it's text, I mean, the secular. The thing is, the makar for the secular is really the Torah. It's all the chachmas that Kaddish Baruch Hu put down in this world for us. Happens to be that the Goyim, some of them brought light to it, but it's all. <laughs> The the etzim of it is Akadusha. He's so he said if you want to talk Kabbalah Dick by in the Shvira, by Shvirzakalim, the Acharayim, the Midas actually broke Lagamre, the Kalim at the Kalim Lagamre. By Kesa, it's only the Acharayim of the lower part, but by by Hochma, by Abran Imma, by Hochma and Bina, the the the, the Acharayim broke and fell. And that was the creation of the the Chochmas of the Chochmas Etzonius, the Chochmas Umoisa Olam. Um, so to say that, I mean, everything's in the Torah, but the, the, it's it there is a there is a core for they, they, it. It came from the Shvira. That that that's he actually says that in the Tanya. But anyway, so so it, it's very interesting i've spent a lot of time researching this i'm just going to give you like the basic the sequel of what i came to is um you can't get away from bittle torah if you can be learning torah then you've got no business learning secular wisdom so the way i understand it is the only header for learning secular wisdom is in the bathroom but but you can have if you like have a 15 minutes in the bathroom a day you can complete huge amounts of information literally you can get through tremendous amounts of you can get through so much to have a kavua seder of 15 minutes a day i mean that's more than a lot of our to you know that's more than a lot of the sadaim that we have and have it mamash kavua so from the from everything that i know is there isn't really a heter to learn Goisha books outside of the bathroom. Unless maybe if you were like, and I can't think of it, because if you can learn a secular book, then you could probably learn a Torah book. So what do you, what do you call a Parnassah. So, so if, if, okay, so then that's now, we're going to get into the heterium of, of um, if, if, you need to be learning the the when once it is backtrack, Gabriel, you're right. The the point is like this before we get to there. The the danger of the secular wisdom is more than talking studio. When we talk just idle, when we're talking about baseball or or shopping or whatever we talk about, yeah, that's not kadosh then it's not using our intellect. Most conversations, I would imagine most of the conversations that I had in the world are not involving intellect. They're really involving emotions. The 
secular wisdom actually involves intellect. Now, as such, this means that when a person's indulging in idol in in secular talk, yeah, for the pleasure of it. Now he is, so to speak, tarnishing his his midas, his emotions with Klepus Neuger. The Klepus Neuger is going into the Klepus Timaeus in his midas, but his intellect isn't being touched because his intellect's got nothing to do with it. But when a person is learning secular wisdom for the pleasure of the wisdom, for his own selfish pleasure, now he's involving his Chabad in a selfish act, and now his Chabad is getting touched by the Klippus Timaeus, and that's really bad. That's, that causes a lot of damage because the intellect is closer to the soul than the emotions. So when a person dirties his intellect, so to speak, and it's not that, don't, don't forget, the dirt is not in the subject matter that you're learning. The dirt is in the selfish intention of learning that subject matter. It just happens to be that this is involving your moichim, your, your chabad, your chachmah bin adas, your intellect. So the dirt is not that I'm learning about, I'm learning some law of physics. The dirt is that I'm experiencing selfish pleasure by way of my mind. That's but if there's, but if there's an element, if there's an element of growth from it, because you're learning from it, it's like halamin mikaladim. We're using every source that the Kaddish Baruch Hu put in this world. To better my knowledge and whatever is okay. If I'm reading Mama Shtusim, Shtusim or Shtusim. But even in those Shtusim, like we start off, you know, as long as it's not us or us or you can find Kedusha and everything, and it's not uh, it's not from the Gimel Tumas, uh, you know, uh, Aklivas, like you can learn from it. So it, I think that's the whole etzim of Chasidus Bechlal is that you're able to find the Kedusha. And if you can find the Kedusha, yes, if it's completely for selfish absorbedness, you just completely want to zone out and just. Be yourself. Even in those cases, like if you can gain from it, if you can gain from it, then you can find the kedushin. That is what Chassidus is all about. Yeah. So he goes on to say that the way of being Makadesh, the secular subjects, is number one. Like what Gabriel said, is learning them to make more money, and by having a, a, a more a, a, a more abundant parnasa, you'll be able to give more tzedakah. You'll be able to provide your children with a better Jewish education, live more comfortably, whatever. Just to think of it like this, the 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 mitzvah of decorating your house is a hider on the mitzvah of mezuzah. Having a beautiful house is a hider on mezuzah. So you could think of it like this. See, we think we, had, we, had, we attach a mezuzah to the door of our house. No, we attach our house to the mezuzah. That's really how it goes. <laughs> and that's just a side point the, the the point is so number one and it's a lower level of fixing these wisdoms is like what Gabrielle said learning these wisdoms i.e. going to college and getting a degree so you can earn more money and serving God better with the money that is a lower level of ticking of this wisdom but it, there is a ticking of the wisdom the higher level of the ticking of the wisdom is what Abby was talking about where you can learn 
you can learn these wisdoms, especially in this generation where there's amazing wisdoms available to us to, to learn. And they can actually help you in your avoid Hashem. They really can in many ways, in many ways. Um, I'm working right now on cleaning up this book that's got loads of not the say the references that I think is one of the most helpful things that I've ever come across in my life. So you can read it in the bathroom. By definition, any Goyesha book you can read in the bathroom, by definition, even if it's about God. Um, but um, uh, but the, the actual ticken to the wisdom will come from using that wisdom to serve God. But again, what Gavriel said about learning for a panasa, that would give you a header to learn it outside the bathroom. But I still don't see... I still don't. I'm, I, I would don't, just, I don't say, I would just I, say that even for Parnassa, sometimes can be if you listed a bunch of beautiful things, okay, send your kids to a better school. But like a lot of times, Parnassa means a complete selfishness of buying yourself a nice car, building a beautiful home. I get, I get it's Zach Haley and you're you're being Mahudra and the Mezuzah, but it's, yeah, it's no, also no, stuff in no, a human no, way. I'm, I mean, when I was saying earn more money, not it meant I meant earning more money so that you can serve God better. Not not earning more money so you can have a fancy vacation, that wouldn't be considered a a, a proper use of these wisdoms. Well, then again, recharging yourself and uh, you know. Hey, good. There you go. So that again, it, it all boils down to what's the what's the purpose of your life? Why are you here? If you if you if your whole life is geared towards the Rabbeinu Shloim, if he's in the center of your life, or you feel that your life is in him, which is even better. Then everything you do is going to be, everything you do is going to be sanctifying the world and raising the world up. Every single thing you do, yeah. and the opposite as well can be true. But the the point here is that the the secular wisdoms can can be elevated, but the the point to remember is that if we indulge in secular wisdoms for the pleasure of the wisdom and I know nowadays in our generation, because our attention spans are so small and I don't know, maybe, and you know, there's so many tithers, physical tithers around. I don't know, but, but, but there is still a tremendous time to be taken from, from certain wisdoms. If we're involved in it exclusively for the pleasure, the damage it does to us is more than being involved in other things just for the pleasure. You with me? That's the basic takeaway. Yeah. And that's chapter eight of the Tanya. Malamina Teva, chapter eight. <laughs> it's all about the Teva. Shkoyach. <laughs>